The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello, and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Thank you for tuning in. Before we get into the interview, I would be honored if you would consider going to thepaulleslie.com and clicking support the show. There are quite a number of things I want to accomplish with the Paul Leslie Hour, and you can help me get more of these interviews out there to the masses. It only takes a moment, and it makes a world of difference. Last but not least, tell someone about the Paul Leslie Hour. Let them know in whatever way you can. And now, let's get into the interview. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Of course. It's a very uh, exciting week this week. <laughs> it's been an exciting week? Yeah, for me, I have a new record coming out on Friday, so... I'm- oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a chance. I, I, I listened very closely to that album and a lot of other music you've released. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very honored to be here with Bridget DeMeyer. She is a singer, songwriter, recording artist. She has an authentic and powerful voice in music. And folks, she has a new record out March 26th. It's called Seeker. She describes it as a mix of poetry and soul. I'm so honored to have Bridget here with us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored to be here. (laughs) It's a pleasure. So so how does this feel right on the cusp of a new record that's going to be out there and heard in the world? You know, uh, it's always really exciting when you actually get to launch it and and show people what you've been working on. Um, you, I've worked on it for a long time. So, you know, to, I, we actually had to sit on it because of COVID. And so it's nice to finally have it released and be free. Hopefully everyone will enjoy it. I think it's nice to share your art, you know, <laughs> well, say that again. It's nice to share your art. Oh, absolutely. So I think something that comes to my mind is the quote from Rumi. What you seek is seeking you. So, Bridget, what are you seeking? You mean just in general currently or with this music? Or <laughs> it's not limited. <laughs> it's not limited. It's, it's wide open. I think, I think on a daily basis, consistently, I seek uh, feeling, this is going to sound boring, but I just, I just seek to be peaceful. <laughs> There's so much going on in the world from, you know, being a a musician and a working person, just trying to make that work. But before all that, my family, I have a son that I'm raising. That's a big job. And all the stuff that's going on on the planet from global pandemics and politics. And, you know, it's just every day I just seek balance and trying to find moments of peace where I just can gratitude mm-hmm. you know, things to be grateful for i'm trying to consciously be aware of all the things i have to be grateful for i guess Important. and also and also lastly just feeling connected you know because we're all sort of hiding out these days from 
from each other. And so it's nice to feel connected, you know. Very true. Uh, anybody out there, they can watch this on your YouTube channel. And if they just type this in, Bridget DeMeyer, Louisiana, there's a music video that they can see. Yes. Yes. Has Louisiana been an important place for you or a particularly significant place for you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm a person that grew up in Southern California and Louisiana was one of the first Southern states I went to. And um, I made met some people from there that drew me there. And there's just a whole different feeling and vibe amongst the culture of people there. And also the music I've discovered there and, and how I feel when I'm playing there, when I've gone there to work, you know, it's, it's a whole different deep South spooky, mystical, warm, magical place to me, especially New Orleans. I have a yeah. great affinity for New Orleans. Well, on the note of affinities, I would be curious to know from you, what were the artists and what were the recordings that you would say have made the biggest influence on you? Going how far back? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, when I was growing up, um, I always loved soul singers like Aretha and Etta James. And Etta James was one of my favorite. And Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles. I loved gospel music, the Staple Singers. Um, Pop Staples and Mavis Staples were people I listened to all the time. just made me feel happy. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I guess that was, you know, the origin of some of the music I started listening to. But I liked southern rock i liked the beatles i liked and then more recently patty griffin great singer songwriter sean colvin um and all the way up to you know different small smaller groups the wood brothers hmm. they're good friends and great artists and i just i don't know there's so many so many different things that light me up i don't know <laughs> but the stuff that moved me deeply was r&b and soul I would say, yeah. I always like to give credit where credit is due. And I listened to a great broadcast that you did on WSM, the Coffee and Cody program. Yeah, it's been really nice to us. <laughs> there, yeah. First of all, it was such a warm exchange, but also getting the chance to, to hear you singing. Was your voice something that, was it something that you developed? How how did you develop your voice? Well, I always loved the feeling of singing from a young age. I mean, I was just, it always made me feel a certain way. And then when um, I worked on, I work on it, mm -hmm. you know, like I try to listen to a lot of different styles of music so I can expand, you know, strengthen my ear for notes. But also um, I took, I had a vocal coach for a while that, um, helped me keep my vocal cords in shape, especially when you're going on the road and you have to sing for many nights in a row. You have to keep get a lot of rest and do vocal exercises. It's a muscle, so I work on that. Mm -hmm. And also just trying to be as relaxed as possible, which is not always easy when you have adrenaline going in front of an audience or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So 
it's a combination of things, but um, listening to a lot of other singers, making sure you get your mix right when you're about to perform and just trying to do it as much as possible. So your pipes stay in shape, you know, is how I developed my voice, I guess. With, for example, this album Seeker or any of the things that you have recorded, is there an insert, a certain kind of environment that you like to keep or you like to have when you're recording music? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, the most important part to me is being, if you're with the right people, any room that you're in, whether it's tiny or a huge studio, if you're with the right people that make you feel comfortable and there's chemistry there musically and then that's the environment I want to be in or people that, that um, want to get it right. You know, they're not trying to rush through it. I think, I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You just have, it's all about being with the right people. It's all about the vibe, you know? And so I think I'm forgetting the question now. Is there, is there like a, when I'm recording, mm-hmm. is there a, a, an environment that I want to have? Just yes. liking the people and, off, you know, having good gear helps, but having people that want that are on the same page as you really helps, having the right people. I've, I've worked with all different kinds of people, and, you know, you have to feel good with your own performance, performance I think. And so um, people that draw that out of you is ideal, hmm. you know? I think. And Bridget, you're somebody you have written with some really great writers. Your 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 songwriting collaborators. Yeah. I'm hoping you can tell us about some of the people that you've written with and what you would say you've learned from the experience of writing with others. Uh that's one of my favorite things actually, you know. Um I love writing lyrics. A lot of my songs start out with lyrics. And um, when you write with other musicians, they have a whole other arsenal of information going on in their brain and all their own experiences and all their own strengths on their instruments that come out and can add to what you've written or draw something else out. It's, it's, a, it's really a fun process. I've, I've written, the person I've written the most music with is Will Kimbrough. Mm-hmm. We've, worked together for many, many years and um, it became very natural with him, you know, like writing, writing music with people, you, there's different chemistries you have with people and you, and the best way to feel is comfortable so that you're not afraid to put out a thought or you can't be shy about it, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess. So I guess, um, I guess that's what I would say to that. I mean, working with collaborating is one of my favorite things to do because everyone has their own ear and their own experiences to draw from. And then you feed off each other and that creates an energy. And that's the energy exchange is the most fun part. And to create art from that is extremely rewarding when it works out. (laughs) Something that I like about listening to your recordings is it appears I don't know if you use the word appears for sound, but (laughs) it appears you're somebody who you don't limit yourself in terms of any kind of genre, you know, like the WSM broadcast, for example, I think one of the hosts made a comment and he said something like, 
this is really bluesy for this station, uh, you know, in a good way. But yeah, well, WSM is you know the Grand Old Opry, right? Uh, radio station and which which interview did you listen to i've done several for them was it with will or was i by myself or i think will was uh he was kind of he was accompanying you yeah yeah but uh okay yeah. I'm sorry. i didn't interrupt you. no 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 problem but it, there's just all these different elements in your music at times it's there's a, a jazzy sound at times there's a bluesy sound it, it's it's i love that all of this is within your recordings Thank you for noticing that. I mean, it's a it's a testimony to listening to a lot of different music, as we were discussing earlier. You know, trying to keep your your ear open to different sounds, and it's also I'm moody. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> I want to sing one way, and sometimes I want to sing another way. So um, WSM, you know, while they are historically country. Whenever they've welcomed us on the program, they just let us do whatever we want. And so much music is embedded into those blues sounds from the South. Hmm. You know, I, I really find that to be a backbone of a lot of stuff that I do is having that blues feel, you know, and it kind of spurns off into jazz or it could even be folk if you want it to. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all, that's, that's all that was in the beginning, you know. Yeah. Keep the people spoke music just how they sound it, you know. For anybody who listens to this new album of yours, the Seeker album, is there something that you want the listener to get from that experience? Uh that's a great question. Um I want the music always to make people feel good and and, and lyrically I, I try to use words that aren't just obvious. People can attach meanings of their own to each song. But I think uh, the, the music for me was a journey. I had uh, done the splits between Nashville and San Francisco. And it was hard for me because I had to be in San Francisco for family. And Nashville is where my chosen family is, you know, and and so it was just mostly a story, a, a series of stories of things that kind of happened along the way. It's sort of like a little, like a little trip, I guess, you know, I guess that's what the listener can take away from that. They're my little, you know, idiosyncratic adventures along the way, things that happened to me, really. Calamity Gone, for example, was um, a, a straight up protest song. Hmm? You listen to the lyrics to that. <laughs> you probably can put two and two together. Mm -hmm. Now the other thing was it was uh, hard for me to leave Nashville. I felt very connected there um, in my spirit, and um, so it was sort of a way of processing all that. And then in the meantime, all these other things happened that I wrote about. So it's just a one person's journey, but it's also. Uh, a really wonderful collaboration with John O'Ricks, who's the producer, songwriter, and great instrumentalist. And um, Frida McCrary, who's my best friend from Nashville, she's a gospel singer with McCrary Singers Forever. And you can just hear friendship on the record. Oliver Wood and Chris Wood and Victor Krauss and Ted Pecchio and, 
and JP Ruggieri and, and Chris, um, you know, there are all these people playing Chris Donegan and you can just hear friendship and hopefully people will find soul in that and enjoy the grooves that we've created and chemistry and to, you know, that's what I hope people get from it and, and deep meaning in the lyrics. Yeah. Lyrics have deep meaning. So hopefully that takes people on their own little trips when they're listening. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping you can tell us about the inspiration behind the salt of the earth song. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Salt of the earth was, I had to up and leave Nashville and come to California. And I grew up in California, but I hadn't lived here for a long time. And I had to come to San Francisco. Had to. It was a choice. We did. We chose to. Um, and I just kind of felt like a fish out of water because all you know, it was something that ha- had to happen suddenly for family reasons. And um, I just wanted to find my way. Basically, I wanted to find a gang of trust, one for all and all for bust. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I felt like a stranger in a familiar land. It sounds crazy, but that's it's kind of like yearning to find my place after having to have upped and up and moved quickly. So, um, and then you don't need much when you, when you feel connected, you know, live by the salt of the earth, you know, you don't need mm-hmm. that much if you feel settled. So that's kind of me just venting, I suppose. <laughs> I'm looking, <laughs> you know. And it's a great song on top. And that's Oliver Wood singing harmony vocal and freedom McCurry singing background vocal and, it was just more about, you know, seeking for belonging, basically. Is mm. what that means. Yeah. It occurs to me that just by the, the, the virtue of the fact that you've lived in, in two different but, but really interesting places, mm-hmm. San Francisco and, and Music City, Nashville, yeah. and the fact that you've chosen this path as an artist, it's, it's, there's no doubt that you have some great stories. And you've interacted with some people who are iconic. Can you possibly tell the people out there a story from this journey that you've been on? Which, I mean, mean going back and forth between Nashville and and San Francisco or just my music journey? Just anything that's happened in your, your journey as an artist. Um, well, I, I suppose a lot of people that are artists can a- attest to this, but it's interesting to look back on, on my own evolution, I suppose. You know, you start out in your college apartment writing your songs and kind of playing, you know, to yourself, thinking you're just doing it for yourself. And then um, one day something hits you where you feel like it's a calling. And for me, that was just... Um, a feeling I got one day when I was asked to sit in, someone had heard me sing and they thought I was good at it. And they asked me to sing as a very accomplished person. And, and they asked me to just come up in front of a bunch of people and sing unprepared. And I jumped in and like, this is going to sound trippy or whatever, but something came through me and I just, it was like this natural high. And I suppose um, it was a feeling I got while I was singing and the room was hushed and, I just felt like I was, like I was saying earlier, like searching for connection. I was connecting to something higher. It was like something came through me that made me feel like that was supposed, that was what I was supposed to be doing. So I've spent my whole life 
trying to write and try to better myself and try to connect with other people that are like-minded and, and um, chasing that feeling, hmm. chasing that feeling of connecting to something higher. And I find that there's a whole world of people that want the same thing. And I lo- most of them I found to be in Nashville. Like, I feel like those, those were my people. That was my watering hole. And along the way I have met and been honored to open for or shake hands with or collaborate with artists that are just sorry for my phone. <laughs> just pings. It happens. Um, <laughs> artists that my son's texting me to pick him up from school. Um, you know, some of the artists that I've met are people that I've listened to, you know, and, and then you're shaking their hand or on the stage with them. That's just been hugely uh, validating that I was on the right path. But I think also just the feeling of happiness is ultimately the validation, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as you're enjoying it and having reasonable success, like speaking with people like you, you know, that have an audience. I mean, as long as people are interested in what I do, it's it's very rewarding to find something that you love to do that other people are interested in, you know? Mm. I mean, I, I, I've, I hope I'm not talking too much, but, no, you know, I've met, you know, from my own local friends that have been doing it for 40 years to, you know, Greg Allman and Bonnie Raitt and Dr. John and, you know, walk Patty Griffin. I even met her and Steve Earle. I mean, I've met all these people just by pursuing the same thing. Mm. And it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just a calling. I think it's a feeling that you chase. At least that's what it is for me. Well collaborate that out too, you know. It's a feeling that I chase. Who have you met along this path that you've been on that was the nicest? As far as artists go? Yeah, or audiences huh? or as far as the people, the artists that you, you've either opened for, or you've just met, or who is the nicest? They're all nice, you know, but they're all kind of keep to themselves. I even opened for Bob Dylan one time. He, I got to say, I'm sure he's a nice guy, but <laughs> he doesn't let you anywhere near him. True. <laughs> he's like buffered. He's buffered with an entourage of about, you know, 40 people. You can't come out of your dressing room. This is not your question. I know I'm not answering your question, but that was an interesting experience. Sure. And um, he's iconic. You know, you can't get near him, even if you're working on the same stage, you know. And then there's the people I feel that are the nicest are the ones that are just, they have no reason to be a diva. Bonnie Raitt was extremely nice. Mark Cohn, I opened for him. He extremely nice. Greg Allman, extremely nice. Um, you know, I, I feel like people that really know who they are and they've honed their skills and, 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 they don't have to, they don't have to have false pretense. Those are the nicest people. Dr. John was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. Trippy, trippy guy. Really, really nice though. Yeah. You know, like really nice. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Those are, those are some people that were really nice to me. Greg Allman, for him to stand in the wing, this was like probably three years before he died. And I opened for him down in San Diego and he stood there in the wing and listened to my whole set. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. That's cool. He came up, he came up after me, afterward out of his way to tell me that I had a beautiful voice. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to, he didn't have to do any of that. I mean, 
I've, I felt like that was really kind, you know, and had, and had a conversation with me and he was very shy actually. Yeah. Now I just, I, and then, you know, I feel like the people that listen to you, the people that are, they show up from in Europe, people are so warm over there here. The people that support your music, those are ultimately the nicest of the people because your music makes them feel a certain way. So they feel like a connection to you. And then you, you, you get energy back from them. It's that it's the people that listen to you that continually listen to you. You know, those people to me are the most important and the warmest and the nicest. I think the people that listen to your music and show up at your shows and drive two hours to be there. And, Hmm. you know, I don't know. That to me is the ultimate, but the celebrities that I've met, I've had some nice experiences. Yeah, for sure. Has there been anything about your career as an artist that has surprised you? Um, wow. That's what a question that is. That's a great question. Yeah. Lots of things like, <laughs> you know, that, I mean, my husband always teases me. He always says, you don't know how good you are. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And um, to play in front of people and have them react certain ways, you know, just, I'm just doing my thing. And it always is so, such a nice surprise when people like it, (laughs) you know, that's called being an insecure artist, but um, I try to be secure about it, but you know, um, some of the accomplishments and the, uh, the way certain songs have come out, you know, that has been, a nice surprise too. Like you don't know how it's going to start. Like my current, like seeker. I, I was friends with John O'Ricks. He had from the Wood Brothers. He produced the whole thing. I, I had no idea what we, we didn't write the songs in front of the album. We just sort of worked at it as we went along, like in little batches. And, you know, the collaboration with him was amazing. Like I was so like I, I would send him lyrics, for example, with no music on one day. And he'd send back. There's so many different little surprises, I guess I can say. He would send back a finished song or I'd, or I'd write a melody with lyrics and, and he'd finish it. And then pretty soon we have an album's worth of material. And, and now we're, you know, good friends. And <laughs> it's this, I don't know, there's always cool surprises, I guess. And there's always surprises when you work with new people, I guess, too. I don't know. I'm, am I going off on a weird tangent? I don't no, know. No, <laughs> There's always nice surprises if you, if you keep your feelers open, I think, you know, I'll tell you something that a lot of people would find surprising. You were able to write a song. That's like a jazzy song. Yeah. I think uh, when I wrote a review of the, the last Buffett studio album, I, I said, I could imagine Jimmy Buffett, holding a martini in some kind of jazz club singing this song. You wrote a song called Half Drunk. Yeah. It, yeah. What what inspired that? Oh, so funny. <laughs> well, I wrote that with Will Kimbrough. We wrote it. It's one of those songs, you know, some songs will take a year or two to write. That song took about 20 minutes. And it was just him and my banter fooling around one day. And I, I think my husband had he he was over at my house when I was living in Nashville and 
we were just writing, making up stuff. And my husband poured a glass of wine for us. <laughs> and he kept saying, do you want another one? And he's like, oh, that's fine. I'm only half drunk, <laughs> you know? And, and whoa, that half drunk. What a, what a title, right? And then we just traded lines back and forth the whole way through. And Will had worked for Buffett for years and sent it to him. And he liked it. And he started test driving it in front of these, you know, stadium shows that he was doing. And people were sending me videos of him singing the song. And I guess he does that before he puts it on an album. You know, he test drive it to see the audience response. And the next thing you know, he cut it. So we were happy about that. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was really fun to make that up, I, you know, <laughs> and, and how far it went. And I was seeing that now I, I was in Target the other day and I saw his album on the shelf. Today. I saw the, I saw the, um, right. So, anyway, I saw the CD on the shelf there and, you know, it goes from my kitchen in Nashville to the shelf of Target and, just, you know, <laughs> half drunk Bridget DeMeyer, Will Kimbrough, you know, that's cool. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did that answer the question? I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I like sent it a couple of times as a as a duo, and then he sent it to, to you know Jimmy Buffett likes to uh, sing songs about drinking. <laughs> I imagine that's part of his repertoire, <laughs> Margaritaville yeah. and all that. And he has all the parrot heads that love him and vacation people, and so it's kind of in line with that. So we wrote that tongue in cheek, and it turned out to be you know major cut for me. <laughs> it's great. You know, right now, as as a lot of people are aware, we're hopefully, I'm hoping, at the cusp of uh, maybe in the summer or in the fall, people getting back to, to seeing live music, perhaps. We'll see. But you have this album out, Seeker, and I, I want you to imagine for a moment and tell us, what do you envision the first time you go on stage in front of a live audience. What is that going to be like for you to sing for the people? Oh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, for me, I'll be very excited. You know, I haven't had that. Um, I mean, I've been doing a lot of stuff, you know, in studios and stuff for the past year and a half, but like I was saying earlier, you know, there's an energy exchange with the audience when they're there to see you, you know, it's just, it's, it's almost selfish of me, but it's like, I like that feeling, you know, it'll be, mm. it'll be a lot of, it'll be an adrenaline rush too. I, I just hope that um, they like the music as much as I want to give it to them. And, and um, that's always been what it is performing even before having to hunker down and sit out for COVID, you know, I know a lot of people are getting vac vaccinated now and, rebooking their tours and the, the natives are getting restless. I feel, I feel a little energy shift. I'm hoping that it continues, but I'm yeah. very excited to get back out there. Yeah. Very excited. What is the best thing about being Bridget DeMeyer? I, I feel, well, I'm a very lucky person. I mean, I have a husband and son who love me and we're healthy and we're doing with our life what we love. Mm -hmm. And to me, to have your health 
and to be with people you love and to be able to do with your life what you love is the ultimate to me. I mean, I get to be my my husband. I give him full credit for this. You know, when we first met, I was working a day job in a marketing department and um, would do my gigs at night and on the weekends when I whenever I could. But I'd have to get up at, you know, early, no matter how late I sit up the night before I'd have to go to work. And he encouraged me after we got married to stop working a regular day job and just to try pursue music full time and that he would support it, you know? And so it's taken, it's taken a few years like it does with everybody, but to be able to do what your gift is or what your passion is or anything that you feel is your calling, that's a, that's a huge, that makes life a whole different experience than than what my experience was before, which was fine. Now, now I feel really lucky, hmm. you know, that I get to do it at this level. Well, Bridget, congratulations on Seeker Thank and you. all of these accomplishments of yours. I always like to give the guest an open forum as much as I can. And I don't, I don't want anybody to ever, feel limited by a question. I like to ask these open-ended questions sometimes. But I know that there will be people who watch, they love you, they're they're fans of yours, and also some people who they're they're just finding out about you. What would you say to anybody who is tuned in with us? About my work or about my music, you mean? I'm sure they're listening to you because of the music, so. True. I would say, I'd say, um, hi, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. And, um, if you, if you listen to this music, it's not just about me. It's about me and, uh, my work with other really talented people that come together and, and create this acoustic soul kind of vibe in the music. And it's from the heart and it's honest. And painterly and a little greasy, and um, and hope that you'll like it, <laughs> and that to get to know you, come on, come check out my website. I'll be blogging, and that's how you meet people and make friends. You know, I've made some really good friends from being an artist, and you know, we're all in this world together. So, um, if anything that I do makes you feel good, then let's be friends. Well, somebody, John Paradise, who is a fan of yours, he asked that I, all, all he said was, just say hello. Hi, John. <laughs> so there, <laughs> John. <laughs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> well, the website, it's BridgetDemeyer.com, correct? Yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much for spending time with us. It's most appreciated. And thank you so much for your interest and for having me and supporting the new record. And thanks, everybody, for listening. It's an honor. (laughs) All right. Until next time, I hope. Yep, you got it. Thank you. Pop, 
But this is your Goodbye.